<laughs> Leading up, coming. And um, of course, when you're on routers and stuff, depends on when you're free from cellular to, to sort of bother on. Ah, I am grateful to God for his word when it does come. Uh, this is one that I, uh, I got nice to over a little bit. Uh, so, well, my name is NG. Uh, I think Pastor Rachel's already introduced me. I have a family. I am grateful for my husband. Um, couldn't have married anybody else. I don't know. He's just <laughs> perfect for me. And, uh, such a great person, really. He is. He is. Um, good, good dad, good husband. And thank you, Pastor Rachel, for inviting me here. So the topic today is a bit of a phrase. I don't know, clause, a phrase, a sentence. Um, teach me how to think. Mm. Yeah. So before we do anything else, can you say, Lord? Lord. I like you. I like you. Lord, teach me how to think. Teach me how to think. Thank you. Does anyone have a slow cooker? Yes. We don't have one. What I hear that uh, it's very good at bringing out flavours of food. Yeah. You just chuck everything in it, leave it alone, go away to work or sleep or somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then when you come back, voila, there is a pot of something, you know, with all the flavours and stuff. Is that, is that about yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. So this morning, I think we're taking a slow cooker approach. Doesn't mean we'll be here for eight hours, so don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. What I mean is there'll be different bits of scripture. We will take it nice, we'll think about them a bit, and then we'll see what it tells us at the end. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you because you love us. Thank you for the chance to fellowship with you. We ask that you help us to hear. Give us hearts that are attentive. Just help us to be focused uh, now. Give me grace to be clear and to deliver as I've heard it. Thank you because you love us and thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to start with a very popular scripture. If you are used to church, you would have heard this scripture quite a few times. It says, paraphrasing, as a person thinks in his heart, so, so is he. When I went to where that scripture lives in the Bible, it's in Proverbs 23, 6-7. I think the context surprised me a little bit. I always heard, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I didn't expect it to be where it is in the Bible. And I'll read it and I'll tell you why. It says here, Proverbs 23, 6-7. Do not eat the bread of a miser nor desire his delicacies, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, for his heart is not with you. Not where I expected it to be at all. And I thought, miser is somebody who doesn't want to share. But in this scripture, remember slow cooker approach? Yeah, yeah thank you. In this scripture, he set out delicacies. These are very um, expensive or rare, very nice food. If 
for me, a really good decadent chocolate cake will fit in here. I don't know what will fit in, but like, they set out stuff, you know, and they say, eat. And they set out something to drink, and they say, this miser, drink. But the scripture then says, don't. Because in his heart, he is saying, don't eat, don't drink. But his words and his actions are saying something completely different. Are you with me so far? Okay. So then it is possible then that words and actions can say one thing. But the thoughts are saying something completely different. And the Bible is saying, as a person, as he's thinking in his heart, so is he. So the real person is the person thinking inside, where nobody else can see. It's private, isn't it? So anything can go. We don't know, nobody, not even my husband can read my thoughts. I wish he could sometimes, but I can't do. Um, and I had to sort of speak them out. Can we identify with that? Is that resonating? Yeah. yeah. You think one thing. You may not want to do something, but you're doing it. You're, you're, you're in your heart. You're sitting, but you're standing physically. Like stand up. You're thinking, oh, I don't want to stand. I'm sitting in my heart. Um, you know. So let's then um, just go on very quickly. So because the thoughts are private, um, without discernment, it's easy for us to misjudge people's intentions and to misjudge people, or for people to look at us and think we're one thing, but we're something else, right? Because the Bible says, man looks at the outward appearance, so you would, I'm not suggesting you judge me, but you would judge what you hear, what I am like, but the Bible says the Lord looks at the heart, right? I'm, I'm coming to make a point. So quick look at 1 Samuel 16, 7. Provide a background story for people, I don't know, who are perhaps not heard this story. I think many people would have. Saul was a king of Israel. God rejected him. God said to Samuel the prophet, go and anoint me a person in Bethlehem. Samuel was in Ramah, his hometown, which is, I understand, the north of you know, Jerusalem, Bethlehem, the south, wasn't anywhere near, but go far away. I've seen somebody in that place, which tells me God can see you wherever you are, no matter how where you are. Go and anoint this person for me. So Samuel then goes, and Jesse brings out seven of his sons. As soon as Samuel saw the first one, Eliab, he looked kingly, and he said, there's a king. And God was like, no, no, no. And he says here, but the Lord said to Samuel, 1 Samuel 16, 7, do not look at his appearance or his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, which we do, but the Lord looks at the heart. That's a good verse to remember. I remind myself. Anytime you look at somebody and think, why them, why not them? Just uh, know that God is doing something sometimes we can't see. So more than our, our, our outward appearance, behaviours, actions, words, reputation, looks, clothing, style, whatever it is, God, God looks at the real person which is in the heart. Mm. 
So why is there such a focus on our thoughts and thinking? Why? Why would, you know, why? Because nobody sees them. Who cares? It's never seen. But that's where God is focusing. One, they are the basis of our approach to life. We dedicate Elysiuma today, you know, when a baby is born. They just come without preconceived ideas about anything, really. They just come, give them food, give them love, give them warmth, and they're fine. You know, she looks beautiful, she doesn't know it, <laughs> you know. But, but, but they come, and then what happens is with time, they develop their thinking based on what they learn, um, either through written or spoken words, right? Or the actions of other people, then they learn. And then they form a basis to then do something. So if you left, imagine if you left a baby to their own devices. Yeah, just imagine <laughs> what could happen. So, so because there's no, the thinking hasn't developed, they, they just do anything really that catches their eye. But as we grow up, the thinking, our thinking develops and that feeds our approach to life. Thinking differentiates people completely. So 12 men went to spy Canaan. They saw exactly the same thing, exactly. 10 say, we're dead, we're, we're food to these giants. Two say, no, 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 let's go. Exactly the same thing, right? A woman with the issue of blood looked at a crowd, did not think, oh, a crowd, I'm going home. Instead, she said, I'm pushing through. I just want to, just, just the hem. I don't need the whole, just the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. Somebody else may have done something different. A host of well-experienced warriors saw a giant Goliath. What did they do? They were experienced, they fell back. A young boy, the same, the same, this exactly the same experience, a young boy looked at that same situation and thought, how dare he? How dare he? And then he ran, the same. So, so thinking differentiates people, absolutely. The same, exactly the same situation, one person thinks, and the other person thinks something completely different, right? Um, last example on this path, the Syrophoenician woman, that woman that went to Jesus and was asking him to help her. What did Jesus do? Ignored her. It completely ignored her. So I'm talking to you, you know, Pastor Rachel, Pastor Rachel, can you help me? Pastor Rachel, please help me. Nothing. Pastor Rachel, I really do need you. Look, my daughter, Pastor Rachel, please. Nothing. Pastor, so I just follow you, Pastor Rachel, from here to, please, please, please. And you just imagine, because sometimes we look at scripture, you know, from a sometimes religious eye, you know, have, no, just imagine it now. I am talking to you, I'm crying out to you for help. Complete ignoring you. She didn't walk out in a huff like, who do you think you are? I'm even coming to you to ask you for something and you're not speaking to me. What did she think? I don't need the whole bread. I need a crumb, just a crumb. Thinking somebody else may have walked away, but not this woman. So slow cooker mood still. 
How do we think? God himself said in Isaiah 55, 8-9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And that tells us there's a difference between how God thinks and how, if we are left to our own devices like a baby, it will be completely different. The good news is God hasn't kept his thoughts to himself. So the title still, Teach Me How to Think. And the thinking is a real person, and the thinking affects what we do or don't do in every situation in life. So it is critically important, if we get the thinking right, we're right. If we don't stop this part of the part of our beings, then uh, things could go wrong. So let's 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 look at a few. Let's borrow an idea. Yeah, mm -hmm. from Luke two fifty two. Slow cookers. I'm throwing everything in. Yeah, mm -hmm. just keep with me. We're on slow cooker approach today. It says in Luke two fifty two, Jesus increased in wisdom, stature, and in favor with God and man. Let's examine these four things very quickly, because it's not the crux of the, the message, but I'm just building something. So, so wisdom, wisdom, what is wisdom as we know it is knowing what to do, how to do stuff. You know, it's the um, ability to think or act using your knowledge, your experience, understanding, insight to do something. It's the knowledge of what is true and right, coupled with the right judgment, and then you take action. The Bible says Jesus increased in this wisdom James 1.5 says, paraphrase, we have access to wisdom. So we, you, you right now sitting here listening to me, me, I have access of knowing what to do, how to do it right now. Let's not jump. Anybody here has not got any issues that they are grappling with today, this month, this year, this week. Anybody's got no problems at all. Nothing. Everything is fine. No? No? Okay. So then, like me, so I'm not excluding myself from this, you may have looked at that problem and felt helpless because it's out of your control, it's completely too big. And God is looking at me and you and saying, no, 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 no. You've got access of knowing what to do and how to do it. Sit on that for a minute, because sometimes we, you know, it's not about getting to the end of the sermon. We will get there in time. But just so that when we go away from here today, you take this with you. There are issues in our lives right now. And we may be looking at it thinking, Help, I don't, I'm helpless. It's hopeless. It's too much. It's too big. It's them. I've got no control. It's because of the other parties. There's X, Y, Z, X, you know, 10 things. And the Lord is looking at me, looking at you and saying, if anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask and I will give without partiality. So if there is a problem now, slow cooker approach, when you get home, take a piece of paper, write it down. And then just do what it says. Ask, Lord, here is 
this one, two, three, twenty, uh, just whatever it is that's bugging you. Mm -hmm. Give me wisdom. Because our thinking and his are different. Mm -hmm. We're thinking we're helpless. He's saying, no, you're not. No, you're not. Write it down. Write it. And ask. Ask you, receive, seek you, find, knock, and a door be opened. And then beyond our own problems, because we've got access to God's wisdom, that means you could be an answer. You, sitting here looking at me, could be an answer to your community and your family and your workplace and your sister or your friend. I've just said that. If I said to you to repeat, I am an answer, how many people will feel uncomfortable right now? Like, mm, not me. Ooh, not sure. Is that humble? <laughs> but, but this is not even about, you know, it's not you, it's not from you, God has given you. So that may mean, if you're thinking, ooh, not sure, that our thinking still needs to be aligned to the Father because he has given you gifts for the benefit of the church and benefit of people. Therefore, you are an answer. Yes, you are an answer. It might not be to the everything, but to that particular person or thing. Yes? Okay. Let's move on quickly. Stature then. Here we can think about age or beauty or health. You know, Jesus grew in stature. I know he's talking about the physical, you know, growing. But if I think about just, you know, stature as a, as a definition, what do you, what do we think about growing old? It's a blessing, according to the scripture. <laughs> no, honestly, I, I'm not even just, I would love, I don't know how old I'm gonna be, but I would love to be, I don't know, 90 and be like, yep, I am, I'll be, I'll be one of those people thinking, do you know who I am? <laughs> Don't you mess with me. I would love it. I'd love it. You just wait. I think old age, where we think, ooh, they're old, therefore it's bad, down, down, down. That is the world's way of thinking. What does the scripture say, really? I'm looking for that place in Proverbs. Proverbs 16.13, and it says, oh, when I want to find it, Proverbs 16.13, it talks about the silver hair is a crown of glory. <laughs> yes, yes, and if you're, if, if our hearts are thinking, oh, don't want to get, oh, you need to get with God, say, change, help me, teach me how to think, Lord, so that when we're getting older, we grow with grace, not regret. It's like, it is a blessing. I am getting older. That is fantastic and fabulous. That is great. And the Bible also says in Isaiah 46, 4, even till old age, I will carry you. I made you, I'll carry you. See the thinking there, which is completely different sometimes from what we say. So next time, if you see somebody much older, respect. I think it's a blessing and it's a great thing. They would know things that, you know, if you sat down, might take us a while. So, well, they have my, anyway, my respect. Favour with God. Thank you, uh, Pastor Rachel, for all the, you know, the, 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 the worship songs. But do you know in your heart that God loves you? Yeah. 
I'm not going to go through all the scriptures because there are plenty. He likes you. It means when you walk into his presence, he's like, oh, there you are. Good to see you. But sometimes we, we're thinking no. Or we don't even take time to think about what that means. Do you ever remember people, I don't know if people married or not, ever, ever, ever falling in love, ever? So let's not make this religious and that God loves you, oh, he died, yes, of course he died on the cross, and then it's all like, I don't know, in the scripture. Let, let's just bring, bring it down, bring it here. Let's be real here. Falling in love before, mm -hmm. remember, mm -hmm. you couldn't wait to speak, that excitement, that talking of nothing, you're not really saying it. What are you thinking? Nothing. What are you thinking? Nothing. What are you saying? Nothing. All of that, you know, you've gone to see them, then you walk all the way to the house, and then you walk all the way back. Hey, am I, am I, no, no, no. Yeah, yes. Am I on my own? No. Okay. Remember the love of a mom or dad to the, to the children, or love of a sister to a brother, love of a friend, or love of just... If anybody here has experienced any sort of love, the love of God is beyond that. If you've not experienced sitting in God's presence and just feeling him wash you inside, outside, and you come out content, just at peace, knowing you're secure, you're just right, you're fine, you're okay, if you're thinking to yourself right now in your thoughts where I can't see, mm, not really, that's okay because you can still experience it. But just acknowledge that we haven't got there yet. And Father, okay, if you're if people other people are experiencing your love, I want mine too. I want I want to sit in your presence and do that. And finally, favor with people. Jesus increased in favor. We, we are his family. So what he has, he gives on to us as well. Do you realize it's possible to grow in favor with people? Yeah. Some of us might be saying, nobody likes me. I've got no friend. They always hate me. It, it's a real thing. I'm not even joking. It is, isn't it? it is, yeah. yeah. You wake up and think, mm, nobody likes me in this place. They, they all didn't like me. They didn't. Have I thought about asking God for favor? Rather than thinking this way, turn to the maker and say, I need favour before these people to do X, Y, Z. Yeah? Okay. So let's, let's uh, move on very quickly then. So if, if any of those four areas, and there are many more, I just use those four because that's you know, a good description of what they said about Jesus in relation to his growing. But if, if any of those things for you, you're thinking mm, there's still, still room for alignment, that's okay. God can do it. If you say to him, teach me how to think. Teach me how to think. So going quickly then, Romans 12, uh, 2. It says here, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Transform means to be changed completely, which tells me that sometimes it could be a painful process. Don't know. Maybe. 
renewing, you know, making you again replace. And, and God is saying, don't align yourself to how the world thinks. Align yourself to how I think. And we want the thought in our hearts where God comes to you to, to check for the real us, to be right with him. So then how does this work? You know, what produces thoughts? How do they get changed? It's all right to say, yeah, change your, you know, give yourself to God and he will transform you. Still on that slow cooker, I'm going to throw in here the parable of the sewer. Everybody know that parable? Jesus talked about a sewer who went out to sow seed and some fell on among thorns, on rocks, and some fell and the birds of the earth, you know, quickly picked it up and ate it. If I borrow that parable and I look at the soil, that soil is your heart and mine, right? Now, the seed in the parable of Jesus was a good one, good seed. But do, you, do we realize that, so God plants, do you realize that the enemy plants as well? Yeah? So, you know, well, go to Matthew 13, 24 to 25. It talks about the tars which an enemy sowed. Somebody came and planted wheat, and then an enemy came and planted tars. So sometimes, if God is planting, the enemy would also want to plant, and the soil is our hearts. So, with me so far. So, so if we flip it around then and think that seed is not the good one that Jesus was talking about, but the negative thoughts, the unhelpful ones, the unproductive ones, the ones that make us, I don't know, feel anxious and feel really, really down or feel discouraged or fearful, generate all of those negative emotions, those thoughts. Imagine that the seed is that thought. What will the Lord want us to do if we borrow that parable? So, in the first instance, you know when the seeds fell on the, on, the, on the ground, what happened? The birds of the air came and snatched it up quickly, right? And it's like, ooh, the devil came and stole the seed before he had a chance. Well, turn it around. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5, and I will just quickly read it. For though we walk in the flesh, like though we are in human skin, yeah, we do not war according to the flesh. So we, you don't go fighting thoughts by boxing them physically. It doesn't work that way. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity, to the obedience of Christ. So if a thought comes that is negative, like that bird, take it, capture it. Like, just take it away before it has chance. If you think about the rock, even when the seed fell on that rocky ground, what he said was it quickly sprouted, but it had no moisture, so it withered quickly. Therefore, if a negative thought comes then, or those things that are not in line with God's word, may it not find moisture in our hearts then. Let it wither. Let it die. And a good way to do that is, in Philippians 4, 6-7, talks about being anxious for nothing, but speaking to God. 
because it's a popular scripture, sometimes we just, yeah, be anxious for nothing, you know, that's not really possible, or it's very, very hard, it's impractical, it doesn't work. Is that scripture, is that right, what we're saying from our mouths? Is that right, or is that contrary to what the Bible is saying? So if he says, be anxious for nothing, how are we supposed to be anxious for nothing? By talking to God. And he then says, his peace will guard, guard, you know, when you set guard over something, guard our hearts and minds through Jesus. So when those thoughts come, let it fall on a rock of Jesus so that it doesn't germinate. Right? The rock. If you go into the thorns, what do the thorns do? They make you uncomfortable for the seed. They sort of choke life out of it. They give it no room. They give it no sunlight. The Bible says in John 8, 31 to 32, and you will know the truth. Yeah, and the truth shall make you free. Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples. You should know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So, so rather than letting the negative thoughts take root, let's bring up, remember we flipped it, the word of the Lord to be like a thorn to it. So basically what we're saying is, if the, if the, if the, if the heart is like a soil, like a garden, anything planted, anything, if you plant stuff, it will grow. Except there is, if there's no resistance, if there's no resistance to it, if it finds good soil, it will grow. So when thoughts land, if they find good soil, irrespective of the thoughts, good or bad, they will grow. Except we do something, which is we become the birds and the thorns and the, you know, allow the rock. Because that is how they don't grow, if we can take that principle from there. With me so far? Okay. So then, let's move on to just meditating on the Word of God. Before Eastern religion, before mindfulness, all of this stuff that we hear, the Bible was already talking about meditating. And there are times when we hear meditation, we're thinking, oh, it's some spooky. No, no, no. If you go through all of Psalms, it talks about meditating on the Word of God. Uh, Psalm, you know, Psalm 1 verse 2 uh, talks about meditating on the word of God. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Joshua 1.8, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. What do thoughts feed on? It's not a trick question. What, what do thought, like, what create, generates thoughts? What makes them come? Emotions. Emotions, words. Environment. The environment. But when the thoughts come, they come in form of words, you know, or, uh, pictures, whatever. Mm -hmm. they, they come, they are fed from the outside. Mm -hmm. And so if we plant something in there, then the thoughts that come from the planting 
follows. So if you plant a mango seed, it would germinate a mango tree and you know, mango fruit. If you plant an apple, so if you plant the right thing on the soil of your heart, the thoughts would become different. That is how they get changed. But it requires some work. And so meditating, like that slow cooker, sometimes sits on the word. Sometimes we are, myself included, too much in a hurry to read the whole chapter, to get the whole gist, which is good, but there are times to just pick something and just let it marinate, just let it sit there, just let it cook, simmer, go to work, go to sleep, think of it, write it somewhere, and just keep that word close. I find in my heart, in my life, when I do that, and I just, it's, it's a verse, I look at it one way, I look at it, you know, I look at every word, I think about it, I just keep it there. It begins to build something in me. I pray it, I pray over it, and I'm not in a hurry to tick the box. I've read the Bible today, yes. Because just, just, it's, like, it's not like there's an exam to take, I don't know, do you know what I mean? Have to pass, get 100% if you read 400 chapters. Take it, let it, let, it, let it get into your soul, into my soul, into my heart. That's how it builds and does something. So to meditate on the word of God, take it, cook it, not don't cook it, but you know what I mean, metaphorically speaking. Finally, the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, Proverbs 4.23, because out of it flows the issues of life. It's never too late, never too late to begin to build the right thoughts. Never, no matter how old we are, no matter what has happened, it's to, never, we can always begin from now, today as we walk out, to guard our hearts, never too late. If anything is telling you it's hopeless, that is a lie right now. So do the three things to that negative thought very quickly and go back to the word, guard our hearts. You know what would happen if you have a garden and you don't do anything to it, grass will grow. If you do nothing to your heart, it will just sprout things. Like if you, if, you, if, you, if you think to yourself, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to pay attention, it will just grow stuff. So we have to pay attention to our thoughts, which is the real, real person. That is the real, not what we, not necessarily what we do or say, it's the inside. Because that then comes out. Yeah? So if the actions are born out of genuine thoughts, then yes. If the words are born out of genuine thoughts, yes. So for example, if the Bible says, um, you know, have faith in this matter, we could say, I've got faith. But we would know whether we do or not. And the Bible says, examine yourself. So if we haven't genuinely, then let's walk at it, rather than just assume on what we believe. We need to know what we think. We need to know what we believe. Examine it. Um, who said, you know, man, know thyself. You know, know, know who we, some people, we don't know who we are, really. We haven't sort of, we don't know. 
we couldn't tell if I said, you know, what do you stand on? Not you, but you know, what does somebody, we don't know. But if we take time to examine those thoughts, capture them, think about it, understand where we are, what our stance is on something, even before we pray. So if they say pray, let's not just utter words because we're about to pray, so Lord, la 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 la. None of it is coming from here. Before you see, they say, for example, pray for the city. Normally, I'm thinking uh, it's too big to stop. Like God is not, it's not about who prays quickly or first. The Lord is looking at the heart. So if they say pray for the city and you're thinking in your heart, I don't know where to start. That is a good place because then wait, Lord, I don't know where to start. What, what, what is it do I do? Because that's where the power comes from because it's then genuine and real and not preconceived things or things we thought about yesterday, you know, I don't know, words we've always said, recycled words that have no meaning. They're just recycled, they don't mean anything. But so, so let us um, allow God to teach us how to think. Think, because that is a real person within us. And when shakings come, when trouble comes, the person who responds is the real you. That's why that one needs to be built up. When shakings come, and they do come, the person, the thing that responds really is the, is the real you. That is, because that is a solid one, you know, that is the real thing. Everything else would fall away. And therefore, if we take time to build the person inside, the thinking, and it's right, then we're secure, isn't it? Because God knows us and we know us, and people know us because we, 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 we come from inside. And I will stop there, but run out of time. But if we just pray quickly, um, for some of us, maybe our minds have been so cluttered. There's been so much noise, can't focus. The Lord is able to dig deep into your spirit and quieten you with his love. He's able to just silence that noise, surgically remove the source of that noise. He, his word is, um, is living, is powerfully sharper than any two-edged sword. It can pierce to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow. It's a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. It can, it, it, it's, it's, it's sharp. It can, it can carve away whatever needs to be removed. So just as we pray now, we're praying. Um, just say, God, teach me how to think. Help me to apply the things I've heard. If there's noise in your heart, in your spirit, just say, Lord, help me. Let him quieten you with his love. He loves you. Let his peace settle over you. <coughs> Lord, thank you for your